Welcome to The Quest. I'm your host, Nick Horiades, co-hosted with my best friend, Cole Jameson. We're both lifelong athletes, fitness enthusiasts, and knowledge seekers. Each week, we're going to try and bring you the tools and skills necessary to help you embark on and win this journey of life. Without further ado, let's get after it. Tony Robbins once said, in 10 years, you're going to laugh at what is stressing you out. So why not laugh now? Welcome back everyone to another episode of The Quest. Before we get into this episode, I want you to take a second and fill out our audience feedback form. Use the link in the podcast description to fill it out. It's only six questions and will take less than a minute to do. It's going to allow us to bring you the kinds of guests and topics you want to hear and bring you as much value as possible. This week's guest is Reeves Munshaw the starting punter at the University of Oklahoma. Reeves was the number two ranked punter coming out of high school, and since his debut, he's constantly showed up in the moments the team needed him most. Reeves just graduated from OU and has continued his education by chasing the dream of getting his MBA. But don't worry, he'll be back on the field this fall ready to help OU to victory. If you've been enjoying the quest or if this is your first time joining, make sure you subscribe and follow our show to get the latest updates and any episode notifications. Share this episode with your friends so they can enjoy it, Leave us a comment on Apple Podcast or tag us on social media and let us know what you thought. Throughout this episode, we dive into how Reeves has handled the pressure of being on such a big stage, how to focus and be committed to the relationships that you're in, the danger of finding your identity in your work instead of who you really are, why it's important to have people around you to help you detach when you become too stressed, the simple exercise Reeves uses to de-stress and recenter his life how Reeves has dealt with imposter syndrome and how you can overcome it, and why using competition is a way to continually push yourself and improve. Guys, I'm so excited for you to hear this episode, so let's get into it. Reeves, thank you so much for joining today. I know this is going to be a great episode. You've spent so much time at OU playing football, and there's just a tremendous amount of lessons that I'm sure a lot of people can get from being a student athlete and having that entire experience of balancing school and football and being at a university where football is basically a religion and where there's just so much pressure put on the athletes to perform. And so that is something that I was really interested in is as a starter and having played in the past two seasons and done really well, especially given all the circumstances of COVID and all the different things that have gone into just being at such a pressure-filled university. How exactly do you handle the pressure of being at OU and really having to be at a top four school and worrying about so many different variables on the field while playing? Well, as a punter, it can be kind of easy just because I can have a really good punt. No one cares. The only time that people ever really notice is if there's a bad one. Mm -hmm. And if you get like two of those a year, the spotlight's usually off you. People don't like seeing the punters come out, which I understand because that means that we're not going down and scoring points. The only real pressure that I get is just from my coaches and then my fellow teammates Mm -hmm. outside of, pretty much outside of football. Like I said, nobody nobody really knows who the punter is. So I'm kind of under the radar. I don't really tell people that I play football because you just kind of look at me and go, oh, this guy's probably a delt. (laughs) <laughs> so it's just no big deal I just kind of fly under the radar so outside outside of coaches and players there really isn't a whole lot of pressure except just performing on that day and then if you have a bad punt or a bad kick or whatever position you are I mean it's just kind of a just 
take it and move on. It's always the next time. Like, how can I, how can I do this better the next time? Versus, man, I just effed that one up real bad. Like, I'm. You can't dwell on it. Yeah. So, is that an attitude that you had developed over time, or is that something that, after maybe having a few bad punts in a row, that you kind of realized you needed to get, or did someone tell you about that, or? I'm not going to say that I just figured it out on my own. Um, I'd say some coaches have kind of helped me. Our quality control coach, uh, Doherty, he's helped me a lot through being able to move on and go into pros and having some just kind of, it's not therapy, but it's counseling, I guess. Okay. More or less just to help build up your mental strength to have confidence in yourself. I mean, I've been punting football since I was in like fifth grade. So, I mean, I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's the it's being able to take what I've done and applying it into a high pressure situation, which I'm still working on to this day. I mean, obviously I haven't had the best of the best seasons ever, but we're hoping that this year, I mean, I've got two years left. We're hoping this year or next year is going to be that time where I finally figured it out mm-hmm. and it's just going to be like a normal practice. Mm-hmm. So you talk about Coach Doherty. What are some of the things that he's really taught you that have really helped you improve your game? either mental or physical uh we usually have like weekly meetings uh he'll tell him he'll basically tell me hey this is what went wrong or this is what went right he was uh, a punter at the green bay packers not he never made it past the preseason you know that yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just kind of being able to figure it out i guess yeah i mean and whenever you're having your coach tell you, hey, you just got to figure it out. And you got game after game, he drops you like little things like, oh, like, are you focusing too much on this? Mm-hmm. Are you focusing on the edge too much? Are you focusing solely on your punting? Is there some relationship that's messing your head up? Mm-hmm. But it always stems to, are you focusing on your punting or are you focusing on outside factors? Gotcha. So really developing that focus is something that's integral in pretty much any of our lives because if you're not able to I guess specify whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish or trying to set out to achieve then it's incredibly hard to actually get there yeah right it's like going on a road and not typing in the GPS of how to get somewhere you've never been Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get there. You have an idea of what direction to go. It's north. Yeah, but maybe you miss a turn or mm-hmm. an exit or something like that. Um, what are some of the things that you use to focus when there's just so much chaos going on? Uh, one thing that actually I skipped over, but uh, Coach Doherty was told me there's three things that you should say or have in your head that helps you get right. So for me, whenever I'm back behind the line, whether it's practice or I'm just punting from a snapper and there's nobody out there, but it's just the specialists. Mm -hmm. It's always catch the ball first. It's always three words. I'm just going to list it off how it is, but it's catch the ball first. Mm -hmm. You have to set your table. Okay. Then you have to swing straight through the ball. So my three words are catch, set, drop. Have you been able to apply some of those lessons that you've learned in football to other aspects of your life? So for example, let's say you are going through school and you have to either focus on a test or maybe you're in a relationship and you have a really important date coming up and you need to focus on preparing for that date or maybe you just have just a random trip that you're taking and you have to focus on planning the trip are there things that you've learned through being able to focus on whatever the task is in football with just so much going on the crowd noise people actually running and trying to tackle you and all this crazy stuff 
have you been able to use those abilities in other aspects of your life? Um, I would not like to compare it to school. Okay. I, I'm not the best student. I'm very well aware of that. <laughs> I get good grades and I can't tell you how. So I can't necessarily speak on the education but the relationship, I would say I could apply the pressure or oh, okay. the being able to actually focus on it because relationships, they're never, never perfect. If anybody has ever told you that, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. And it's about being able to consistently work on bettering yourself and your craft and loving your partner okay. or significant other or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... I would say that it's a focus thing and you have to really focus on the relationship itself and not just on you or her it's a uh, or him whatever whatever the preference is just being able to focus on being together as one versus being an individual mm-hmm. what are some examples of that I'll just use real real light examples uh, my girlfriend Jade comes home from work I'll have like some dinner made for her mm. she'll clean up after I've made dinner or if She's left her keys somewhere and she needs them and she's got the cat on her lap and I don't want to inconvenience her. Or if I'm playing video games, which is a lot, <laughs> um, and she's asking if I want water. It's just kind of like, it's a give and, it's a give and take relationship. Mm-hmm. It's, a lot, it's a lot of, I'm doing this for you because I love you mm-hmm. and I know you're going to return the favor because I love and I trust you. Mm-hmm. And whether that's just simple day-to-day tasks like that or if it's something bigger like, hey, you're being this way and it's negatively affecting our relationship. I need you to recognize that and work on that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, three, two, one, let's work on it. And then you slowly start to do your whole shebang, whatever gets you there. And then it's just, it'll be fun. It's a lot lot of fun, it's a lot of growth, it's a lot of learning and just kind of part of growing up Mm -hmm. that I've really enjoyed. Do you think it's been difficult to balance relationships with being a student-athlete? Yes. Um, it can get quite hard. The, just for my situation, um, having a job, I basically, I essentially have my own job. Mm-hmm. And whenever um, my girlfriend didn't have a job last summer, it was very hard on us because I was constantly busy with football and running around and workouts, school, Punning, making food, doing all all of the whole nine yards, yeah. and then she didn't have a job at the time, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Well, why aren't you paying enough attention to me?" Not not necessarily in those words, but right, it has right. definitely affected our relationship for the worst at sometimes. And then she and this summer is completely different than last one. She's got a job, she's working all the time, she's staying busy. She just had a lot of like downtime. And I didn't necessarily have that, and a lot of my downtime was spent either laying in bed and trying to recuperate or do schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And she was at like the pool or like trying to hang out with friends, and then like, well, why don't I see you? And it's like, well, I don't want to go to the pool after I was just working out for five hours. Right. It's not the best. And then now it's it's balanced itself out. Mm-hmm. Now she's busy. I'm busy. She's at work right now. I'm doing a podcast. I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> so all in all. It's just a work balance. It's a work-life balance. Yeah, that's hard. That can be hard to find. Mm-hmm. That's. I think that's a good transition into just a work-life balance in terms of sports and just the rest of your life. Because there's a lot of sacrifices you have to make as a student athlete, especially at a school like OU, where basically every single break you get, you're on call. 
to be either back doing workouts or you only have a week where everyone else has a month or you don't even have a Thanksgiving break because it's in the middle of the season. Yeah. And so what has been the biggest sacrifice you think you've had to make while you've been at OU? There's a couple. One that isn't necessarily the biggest of deals, but it's kind of a big deal for like my family is missing the Thanksgiving. Mm. And while I don't necessarily have Thanksgiving on that day, uh, my family usually, we always end up getting together on like our bye weekend. I'll either drive down to New Braunfels or we'll go meet up in Houston with my sister. So it always turns out okay, but sitting alone or sitting with your roommates or if your roommate flies home for a day and then comes back, you're sitting there by yourself while everyone's out there eating some great turkeys. Yeah. I enjoying a lot of family time. Yeah, it can, it can be difficult, but that's one of the lighter ones. Uh, the most sacrifice that I've personally made is literally just my mental health. Because oh, interesting. in the summers, I, I, I don't know why it's always the summer. During season, I'm always fine because... I've got my practice in the mornings or lift in the morning, got class, and then I've got like 3 to 10 p.m. off. Gotcha. And then that's fine. That's no big deal. But for some for some reason, the past like two summers, this summer actually is the first time where it hasn't been like the biggest mental toll on me. But I almost start to get like going. I almost go crazy a little bit because I become so obsessed with it. Mm. And then it'll carry on for like four weeks and I don't realize that. I'm not doing things for myself anymore, but I'm doing stuff for football. And I've struggled with that in the past because I've ended up like pros, what I was talking about earlier, like the counseling stuff. Mm -hmm. I remember being in the middle of a workout one time and I knew it was like one of those days where it was like that breaking point where you know it's like, oh shit, this is real. Yeah. And then having to, not leaving workouts early, but the second it was over, I was running to the shower and then I walked straight up to those counselor's offices like, dude, I'm going nuts. Like, I can't do this anymore right now. Wow. I've been on the verge of quitting football multiple times. No way. Yeah, mul- multiple times. And every time I go up to that counselor's office and I go, all right, it's that time of year again. And we have the same conversation. And then I think I've finally gotten around to it where it's like, I am not football. I just so happen to be a part of football just right this second. And so the more and more, or as I've grown older, I guess, I mean, the past four years or however long I've been here so far, Mm. it's in the summertime or season or spring is taking the time to do something for yourself and doing something that you really enjoy, whether it's relaxing, going skateboarding, biking, going on a walk, go on a hike, go to the Oklahoma City, walk around in Bricktown, mm-hmm. do something light like that. And yeah. it's really kept me in check, just mentally. Yeah. What are some of those triggers for you that you start to realize that you're becoming, I don't want to say obsessed, but maybe too focused on the football aspect of your life and starting to put off other parts of who you are as a person? I wouldn't necessarily say that there's a trigger point. Because it's kind of a slow build where it's mm. like, in the, it's not in the back of my head, but I can tell like something's a little bit off. Like my girlfriend will tell me like, oh, like, like, is everything okay? Like you seem a little off today. Since she's been asking me about that in the summer, I've this, this summer in particular, I've been feeling better. And so I've been able to go, okay, I can do these things now. Mm-hmm. In the past, I would completely ignore it. And I would just like hide, not, not necessarily hide, but I kind of like put on a face of like, okay, like I'm, everything's fine. Like everything's normal, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why I would, yeah. but there was just always 
there was always a breaking point. There was it never felt like I was intentionally doing anything at all. Mm-hmm. It was just that one time where I'm like, I feel almost numb. Like I like I'm not enjoying anything I'm doing. Wow. Because everything's for footballs. I'm doing like a bent over row or something. I'm yeah. like, I I don't want to do this anymore. Uh-huh. And then going to pros, and then everything just gets fixed and then have a new outlook and then I think it's finally taking its hold and going all right so are are there exercises that they do with you at pros or different mindsets or different mantras that they have you say or a lot of it has been a a t-chart which is surprising it doesn't seem like it would help because you list the pro well because then I'll go and be like I want to quit football and they go all right it's a bold statement so let's make a t-chart and you always go list the positives and negatives so it's like the positives of quitting football. I can focus on myself. I can build my relationship better. I can either sacrifice for traditional mm-hmm. and then end up having to pay for my school, which is a lot as a Texas student, as I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. Or you stay in football. And whenever you have like, you pick like three hours. Like let's just say I've got three hours in the day left after, I'll use fall camp as an example. Okay. So we're there from basically sun up till sundown. Let's say I get back at 7 p.m. and I've got to be up at 5.45 the next day. No matter what, I will always make sure that I do everything that I feel like I want to do. Like, I'll go to the gas station, I'll get a Slurpee. I'll take an extra long shower, maybe a bath, play a little video games, maybe watch a funny movie, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then unwind and go to bed. Just doing like little things for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like just kind of make the slow incremental build towards... Like you're doing something for yourself and not for football or for the university. And so it feels like you're not dying. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like you're sacrificing pieces of yourself. Yeah. Is that something that is more recent development that they talk to you about? Or is this something that just never really stuck with for a while? I would say that it more stuck with me in the last summer. Like I got, I, last summer I actually stopped, not stopped, but... I was doing a workout, like I was saying, I'm like, I'm starting to, I could feel like my anxiety and the feeling of nothing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I need to go to pros before it gets to like that breaking point. Mm -hmm. And so it was really then whenever I start to notice it, that's whenever I've started to being able to apply it. And then this summer I haven't had classes. So by 1 PM, I've got nothing to do. Mm -hmm. I could realistically do whatever I want, but leave the state of Oklahoma, yeah. which sometimes is a drag because Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma can be quite boring, but other than that, I mean, it's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. I think one of the hardest things that athletes start to deal with once they start playing at a higher level, whether that is in college or professionally or even just on a big stage in high school, is they start having this sense of self-doubt and almost an imposter syndrome where you feel like you have no idea how you got in this position. Do I even belong here? And I just kind of want to see if you've ever experienced anything like that or if you have, is there anything that you've done to kind of overcome that or is that something you're still battling with? It's definitely something that I'm still battling with because whenever I, whenever, I mean, I'll have a bad day of punting Mm -hmm. and I'm like, how the hell did I get here? Yeah. Like, obviously having not the best season last year, I mean, 30, averaging 39 yards in a Division One program is pretty garbage in my opinion. 
Um, but one thing that I've done to kind of overcome that is I'll practice a little bit more during the week. Um, I know I belong here because, I mean, how else would I, I... I'm not here for no reason. That's one thing that kind of keeps me going is like, you're here on scholarship. Like, there's a reason. So you got to go out and work a little bit extra for it. And so I have been. Mm-hmm. But I, in my mind, I have accepted that it is okay for me to not be the absolute best punter or best whatever because there are I like to spend a little bit of time with myself mm-hmm. and be able to do things that I like like what I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. and I'm not willing to sacrifice my happiness for a job that I'm not even guaranteed to get right and so I I guess I've just kind of come to terms with not being the best but I'm going to work for it like it's for you you don't go out and punt because it's someone else's job to do. It's like, it's your job. You've done it for a long time and you love punting. And it's something that is a part of you. And that's, it's hard. I mean, we talked about this earlier with being able to detach from that role as a football player. Mm-hmm. And that is something that, I mean, freshman year, I started to notice like my mentality surrounding sports completely changed when I got to OU because it felt like, I am here to play football. Everything else is secondary. And it started playing a toll on my relationships with my family, with my friends. I mean, even myself. And like, I started to kind of realize there's a lot more than just this. Whether that is your faith, whether that is your life after football, whether that is your relationships with your friends or your family. There's just so much more to life than kicking a pigskin. You and, could not be more correct. And so I think that is an incredible realization that you kind of came to with I'm not willing to sacrifice what's going to make me happy, especially when life is so long and if you're upset and angry and not fully committed to whatever it is that you're doing, you're not really getting the most out of it. And I think that's a mature mindset, especially at a program that puts so much pressure on its athletes. I mean, we kind of talked about that, whether that's from coaches or players or um, just your own pressure that you put on yourself. I'm interested though, I mean, even though all that stuff's going in the back of your head, obviously you still want to perform at your highest level. Yeah. And so- I still have a job to do at the end. Exactly. And I mean, whether that is objective metrics that the coaches want you to have, like a 45 yard average on every punt, Mm -hmm. or it's your own personal standards, what pushes you to continually improve and I mean I just like to compete I mean I've already lined up my next uh sport that I'm going to uh try and attack whenever I'm whenever I'm done with football what is that golf oh I have come to terms that I am terrible at golf right now okay and I'm okay with that because one I don't have the money to spend Mm -hmm. to lose 5,000 golf balls before I get good (laughs) or play golf once a week, and I don't really have time for that. But I, I, I just like to compete, whether it's in a sport. I mean, pretty much me and my girlfriend were playing uh, Connect Four, and I played Connect Four maybe three times in my life. Mm-hmm. We played for probably an hour and a half. I mean, she was a gymnast, so she know we're both competitive. Mm-hmm. And she just so happened to win whenever we started to, whenever I actually started to figure out how the game worked. She did beat me, fair and square, two to three. Um, but I like 
not that I like comparing myself to others, but it's just the competitive nature that kind of gets me going. Like, obviously, I don't want to be in last place. Like, that kind of sucks. Like, yeah. there, there's fun in winning. And it's okay. It's okay to lose because losing sucks. I mean, nobody likes it. But I'm not going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not that guy that's going to be in last place. Yeah. It's just kind of gives you something to do. It's like that next challenge. It's like giving yourself something to work towards. And for me right now, that's getting my MBA as well as now trying to be the best punter and be my best self at the same time. Gotcha. And those might not align, but I'm totally okay with being my best self and not being the best punter if that's how it works out. Mm-hmm. Man, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Make sure you stick around to listen to part two, which comes out next Monday, where we dive into the biggest lessons football has taught Reeves, the best way to take a daunting task and make it more manageable, and so much more. If you like this episode or if you've been enjoying the quest, take a second and fill out that audience feedback form and let us know what you thought. Use the link in the podcast description to fill it out. It's going to allow us to bring you the best episodes possible. Share this episode with your friends so they can enjoy it. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcast about your favorite part or post about it on social media, tag us, and let us know what you thought. I'll leave you with this Benjamin Hoff quote. When you know and respect your inner nature, you know where you belong. You also know where you don't belong. If someone hasn't told you this already today, you matter, you are loved, and you have so much potential. Now take actions towards those dreams and get after it. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. If you found our message helpful or inspiring, make sure you tune in next week to continue on the quest with us. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment letting us know how you heard about us. And remember to get after it.